39 in verse 7 this morning. It's good to see everybody. Hope you all had a wonderful week. Amen. Had a good Father's Day. But it's good to be here today. Praise the Lord. 139 Psalms, 139 starting in verse 7. If you need to, you can follow along on the screen. And we're going to jump off into this going down through verse 16. The word of the Lord reads. He says, where can I go from your spirit? Or where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, behold, you are there. If I take the wings of the dawn, if I dwell in the remotest part of the sea, even there your hand will lead me, and your right hand will lay hold of me. If I say, surely the darkness will overwhelm me and the light around me will be night, even the darkness is not dark to you. And the night is as bright as the day. Darkness and light are alike to you, for you formed my inward parts. You wove me in my mother's womb. I will give thanks to you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made wonderful are your works and my soul knows it very well my frame was not hidden from you when i was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the depths of the earth your eyes have seen my unformed substance and in your book were all written the days that were ordained for me And when as yet there was not one of them. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you today in the name of Jesus. And Lord, I just invite you into this time today as we communicate, amen, as we receive a word today. Father, anoint me to preach your word and prepare our hearts to receive what it is that you have today, this morning, Father. Lord, I thank you, God, for your precious blood that covers us and cleanses us God and I thank you Lord God for your your right hand Lord God that just protects us Father God and guides us and Father I just thank you Lord for the fact God that you will never leave us nor forsake us and so Father I just ask you God to come and have your way this morning just speak to us today as we look at your word God open up our hearts in Jesus name Amen. Come on, give the Lord a hand praise this morning. Amen. Praise God. Amen. I want to talk to you about a subject this morning. My subject is the fingerprints of God. The fingerprints of God. And I want to talk to you a little bit about this morning. Amen. When God's hand is on a man or woman of God. When God's hand is on a man or woman of God of God. And the scripture teaches us as we look here in the book of Psalms, amen, that God loves you. Amen. And if you are a born again believer and you have Christ in your life, then you've become a child of God. And one thing about it is when we become a child of God, amen, 
then God begins to become our heavenly father and he begins to be one that wants to protect us and provide for us in every way possible. And one thing that we come to realize and we look at in this scripture in Psalms is that there is nowhere that we can go from the spirit of the Lord. There is nowhere that we can run to where God is not present. We can begin to try to do our own thing and we can begin to leave, amen, the place where God has us. But I'm here to tell you today that no matter what, amen, you can't leave, amen, the almighty God. We know that God is omnipresent. He is everywhere, amen. And it doesn't matter where we go, amen. The Bible says if we even make our bed in hell, amen, God is still there. And so I want to talk to you a little bit today about the fingerprints of God. And I want to talk to you today about God's masterpiece. Because one thing that we begin to come to realize, amen, is that you and I are God's masterpiece, and God has a plan and a purpose that he wants to you do in each and every one of our lives. There's some things that he wants to begin to develop and begin to establish and create us for, amen, according to his will, which is a perfect and good and pleasing will. And I want to talk about that a little bit today because through that, amen, there's some process that begins to happen as God is beginning to develop us. And some of us don't necessarily like this process that begins to happen, amen, especially when it begins to get a little bit uncomfortable. Can I get a witness in here? Amen. And sometimes it does begin to get a little uncomfortable. And sometimes when it does, some of us, amen, will begin to do something called run. Can I get an amen? Because sometimes we want anything just for that discomfort to stop. You know, the Bible says that we are God's workmanship. Amen. We are God's workmanship. And I want you to know today that God doesn't make junk. Hello, somebody. Amen. So quit listening to the lies of the enemy today. Amen. Because God doesn't make junk. And what God is going to begin to produce in and through your life is going to be, amen, blessed. Somebody say it's going to be blessed. And it's going to be good. And so one thing we come to realize today, amen, is that we, amen, are God's masterpiece. Hello, somebody. And I want to talk to you a little bit about that today, amen. And I want you to learn about God's masterpiece. And I also want you to learn about the enemy who wants to destroy God's masterpiece. Are y'all with me today? And so I'm going to talk to you and share about the fingerprints of God upon our lives. Because as we go and we walk through this, and as God is developing us, and God is putting his hands on us, and making us into the image of his son, and creating us into an instrument and a vessel that can be used for his honor. Hello, somebody. Amen. You may be able to leave, amen, a place where God, a man's hands, God is using a man's hands to, to mold you. Hello, somebody. You may be able to get up off the potter's wheel 
steal from, amen, a man. But I'm here to tell you, you can't get up off the potter's wheel from where God is working in your life. And what God has started, God will finish. Are y'all with me today? Amen. God's not one that won't finish what he started. And I'm here to tell you today, but he's making a masterpiece and it's out of your life. And sometimes that gets a little bit uncomfortable. Sometimes it gets even a little bit of painful when God has his hand on us. But I'm here to tell you, amen, we've got a good God. We've got a trustworthy God. We've got a God that got our best interests at heart. He knows what's best for our lives. Amen. He knows what's best when we don't know what's best. Can I get an amen? amen. And so I want to talk to you about this a little bit. If you'll go with me to 2 Corinthians in chapter 4 this morning, I'm going to share with you and look at this for just a moment. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, and I'm going to start in verse... 5, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, starting in verse 5 this morning. He says, for we do not preach ourselves, but Christ Jesus as Lord and ourselves as your bondservant for Jesus' sake. Look, let's look at verse 6 for just a moment. For God who said... Light shall shine out of darkness is the one who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels so that the surpassing greatness of the power will be of God and not of ourselves. We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed, perplexed, but not despairing, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed, and always carrying about in the body the dying of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in us. Now go back to verse 6 for just a moment. I want you to look at that for a moment because as God is making his masterpiece, amen, there's a, a process that begins to happen, amen, in our life, in our spiritual life, amen, in order to become what God has designed for us to become. Now one thing we know before we came to Christ, amen, we were of the darkness, we were enemies of God. Amen. We were lost in our and dead in our trespasses and sins. Amen. And we were, amen, children of wrath. Amen. But then we became children of God. Amen. And I want you to look at this right here because in verse 6 he says, For God who said, light shall shine out of darkness. Now, I'm here to tell you today, amen, that God's goal for his masterpiece, amen, is that some light will begin to shine from your life. 
amen, that some light will begin to shine where darkness used to reside, amen. Are y'all with me today? Amen. That light will begin to be present and shine through your life, amen, to the to those on the earth. And this is what God's goal is, amen. And it goes on to say, the light shall shine out of darkness is the one who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. Now, I want us to look at this for just a moment, amen, and I want us to picture our lives, amen, as this masterpiece. I want us to picture our lives as this instrument that is being designed and, amen, created and developed, amen, in order to be what God had called it to be. And I want us to picture our lives for just a moment, amen, on something called an anvil, amen, A-N-V-I-L, are y'all with me today? This is a, a, a block that was used, amen, in order to develop a tool back in the day, are y'all with me today? It was something that was used in order to make horseshoes or something to use in order to make various tools that would be used and they would take, amen, that metal and they would heat it up, amen, to where it was pliable and to where it could be worked and where it could be amen shaped amen into it and they would take it and put it in that fire and it would be amen right there to where that metal would soften just a little bit amen and then they would begin to take it and put it on this anvil amen where then they would begin to construct it into what it was going to begin to be designed to be are y'all with me today and that would take amen somebody taking a two pound hammer and begin to beat on on that, amen, in order to develop it into what it needed to be. Are y'all with me today? And the blacksmiths would use this and they would put the tongs into the fire, amen, and then they would grasp this heated metal and they would place it on this anvil. Are y'all with me? And then he would begin to examine this glowing piece of metal and he would see what the tool is now and then he would envision what he wanted it to be. Now I'm here to tell you today that God has a vision for what he wants to develop you into. He can see what it is right now, but he can also see what it's going to be and develop into. I'm here to tell you right now, God can see where you're at today and he can see the final product as well. Are y'all with me today? He can see that instrument and that tool, amen, that's going to be developed and designed. Hello. And God is going to create his masterpiece, amen, into what he desires for it to be. Can I get an amen? And so the, amen, the blacksmith would examine it. And he would see, amen, what it was, and he would see what he wanted it to be, whether it needed to be sharper, amen. Some of us need to be a little sharper, hello. Or whether he wanted it flatter or wider or longer. And with a clear picture in his mind, he begins to pound on that heated metal. Are y'all with me today? And develop it into what he wanted it. Somebody say, God is good, amen? And he would pound this sledge upon the moldable metal. Amen. 
And, and the blacksmith knows the type of instrument that he wants. He knows the size, he knows the shape, and he knows the strength. And I'm here to tell you, God knows what it is that he needs you to be developed into. He, needs, he knows the size of your faith that you need to have. He knows the strength, amen, in order to endure what's coming, amen, so that he can effectively use you, amen, in his life. He knows what that is, amen, how much strength, and he knows what kind of shape that you're going to need, amen. And he begins to take that hammer, and he begins to slam that metal. Hello, somebody. Are y'all with me today? See, some of y'all are on an anvil, amen. Hello, right now. Are y'all with me? In the response, it doesn't come easily. It doesn't come without discomfort. Some of us like, we want to be comfortable Christians. We don't want any discomfort. How many of y'all know that discomfort is what is bringing, amen, the masterpiece? The discomfort is what is developing you into what God has for your life. Even James said, account it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials. Amen. Because it's producing something in your life which is going to develop something great. Are y'all with me today? And I don't know about you, but I want to be and develop into everything that God desires for me to be. Because I know that I'm God's masterpiece. See, you need to realize that today. Somebody say, I'm God's masterpiece. Yeah, you're not junk. You're not worthless. Hello. You're developing into God's masterpiece today. But it doesn't come without discomfort. You know, to melt down the old and to recast it as a a new. How many of y'all know that's not something that's easy? Amen. And that metal remains on that anvil, allowing the tool maker to begin to remove the scars. How many of you know sometimes we got some scars from our past? And to begin to repair the cracks, to begin to refill the voids. Amen. Some of us have been real empty before we came to Christ. And to purge the impurities. Come on now. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Without holiness, no man shall see God. But God is developing you into something beautiful. He's developing you into a masterpiece, into a a tool that could be used for his honor and his glory. He's beginning to take, amen, where darkness once was, and he's going to begin to use it to shine the light of Christ, amen, upon a lost and dying world, amen. He's going to begin to shine the light of God through your life. He said, light shall shine out of darkness. Come on now. That's why Jesus came for the sinner, not the righteous. Hello, somebody. He's going to create some light to shine through your life, but he's going to begin to develop you. Somebody say God is good. 
So it remains on the anvil, amen. See, God's getting some things out of us, and he's putting some things in us. It takes a little bit of discomfort. And then the blacksmith stops, and he ceases this pounding, and he sets down the hammer with a, amen, and with a strong left arm, he lifts the tongs until this molded metal is at eye level, and amen. And then in, in still silence, he examines this tool that he is making, amen. And he searches for these cracks and these mars, amen, and there are none. And now the master can finally see his reflection. See, God is wanting to see, use you as a reflection of him. He wants to be able to see his reflection in your life, amen. And now the light shines where it once was dark, amen, amen. And what was dull is now become sharpened, amen. And what was crooked has now become straight, amen. And what was weak has now become strong and what was useless now becomes valuable somebody say I'm valuable somebody say I'm becoming valuable somebody say I'm God's masterpiece what was useless now becomes valuable you're a valuable tool in the hand of God you're being developed into something beautiful into something great. You're being developed, amen, into a vessel of honor. And so we look here at the fingerprints of God and the hand of God upon a man or woman's life and the hand of God is something that will purify you, amen. Yes, God wants to protect you and he will. Yes, God wants to provide for you and he will, amen. But he also wants to produce something and he's going to purify you. Amen. Hello, somebody. And perhaps you've been there or perhaps you're there right now. Amen. And perhaps you know what it feels like. Amen. To have the Lord's hand on your life. Amen. I'm here to tell you, you can leave this place. You can leave this church. You can leave the house of God, but you can't go anywhere where God won't be present. Amen. You're God's masterpiece. You're God's workmanship ship. You're God's child. Amen. And he's going to develop in you what it is that he wants. Because God is faithful. And then you begin to reflect the light of the master. And now light shines in darkness and others can see Christ in you. You know, there's a a man, my father worked for prison ministry for 10 years. My father didn't raise me in church. We were raised on a soccer field and a tennis court. Amen. My sister played tennis tournaments all the time, got a full scholarship to Duke. And I was playing soccer until I ended up a drug addict. But my father ended up in prison ministry. Amen. Amen. Went from sales into prison ministry. And he was working at a man named Chuck Colson's unit. Amen. Chuck Colson was has a, uh, prison uh, ministries down in, uh, he has one, for instance, down there outside of Houston. And Chuck Colson was Nixon's right-hand man. And he ended up getting caught up in some stuff. 
and he ended up in prison. Amen. But I want to share something about that, amen, because he wrote this book called Loving God. And Loving God tells about his experience in prison. Amen. Here we are. This is, amen, Nixon's right-hand man. That's the right hand there. This is, you're right. <laughs> but while in prison, here he is. He remembered his life before prison. He remembered the honors that he earned. He remembered the court cases that he won and he, the prestige in government positions. Amen. And his life had been what you would consider a perfect success story. The American dream was being fulfilled through his life. Amen. But here he is, amen. He's in prison, and while in prison, he had time to think and time to pray. How many of y'all know you got a little bit of time to think and you got a little bit of time to pray? Amen. God will find a way for you to pray. Hello. Somebody say, God is good. Amen. And so here he is, amen. He had time to think and pray, and what he began to realize is that all of his achievement meant nothing in God's economy. That's what this man realized. We're talking about somebody that was successful. We're talking about somebody that was living the American dream. Amen. Somebody that had prestige. Somebody that was known, amen, for, at a status, Amen. And he's sitting there thinking and praying, and he begins, he writes this book, amen, go read it, called Loving God, amen. And what he begins to realize, amen, is that all the achievements, they meant nothing, they had nothing in God's economy. And his greatest victory came out of his biggest failure. Come on now, I want somebody to get excited today. Sometimes your greatest victory will come out of your greatest failure. I want to, oh, but come on. Sometimes your greatest victory will come out of your biggest failure. You know, I don't beat myself up for what, you know, I spent almost 15 and a half years on and off of drugs, in and out of institutions, amen, bound up. I don't, amen, look back and, amen, begin to beat myself up for all that stuff. Yeah, there's some things that I wish I wouldn't have done and some people that I wish I would have treated a little bit different. But I don't worry about all that because that's what developed me into who I am today. That's what gave me a fire and a passion and a desire, amen, in order to go tell somebody about a man and Jesus and to seek the face of God and to lay down my life for the sake of the gospel and this is amen what Charles Colson or Chuck Colson had begun to realize he realized that his greatest victory was his biggest failure and being sent to prison amen even though it was a great humiliation but prison was the beginning of God's greatest work in his life and some of you may be going through what seems to be today like the greatest humiliation. But I'm here to tell you, amen, it's not a setback, but it's a setup. Hello. It's not a setback, but it's a setup. Come on now, you're going forward. Amen. Hello, God's developing something great. He's going to begin to use it. Hello. I want you to look at that today. And so prison was the beginning of God's greatest work in his life. And God chose the one experience which he couldn't glory 
in order to bring forth his glory. You can't glory, man, unless you're telling your war stories that probably didn't happen. You can't glory behind prison cells, especially not if you were a prominent person that had all this, you know what I'm saying, status and whatever, whatever. Now, I know all you, some of y'all were big baller shot callers and all that stuff. You know what I'm saying? You were riding in Impalas on 24-inch and all that stuff. But, but uh, man, come on now. Let's get real. Amen. You were a hero one day and a zero the next. Hello. I like to keep it real. But some of his greatest humiliation produced God's greatest work in his life. Some of us would never even be where we're at today if we wouldn't have gone through what we went through. Come on now. Hello, somebody. We wouldn't be going where we're headed, amen, if we wouldn't have gone through what we went through here. And God chose that one experience. Because how many of y'all know God wants the glory? He wants the glory. And sometimes he'll put us in a position where he's, he can't help but him get the glory. I know when people look at me, they say, I, it ain't nothing but God. That guy was messed up, tore up from the floor up, busted, couldn't be trusted. Hello. That's why I tell them it ain't nothing but God. Sometimes you got to be in a position where God can get the glory. I want to share something with you, you know. People, people are, I want to, people are like tea bags. Hello. If you want to know what's inside of them, you got to drop them in hot water. If you take a tea bag, amen, you don't necessarily know what's inside till you put it in some hot water. But you take a tea bag and put it in hot water, you know what it's going to produce. It's going to produce some tea. And that's what people are like. They're like tea bags. Hello. You find out who you really are when the heat comes on. You find out what you're really made of when the heat comes on. You find out where your faith really lies when the heat comes on. Hello, when the trial comes, when the tribulation comes, when the challenges come. You find out, amen, what you're really made of. You find out what kind of foundation you have. Are y'all with me today? And so our lives are like that piece of that instrument that's on that anvil. And then also our lives are, amen, a picture of our lives is, is, are, as jars of clay. And I want to share with the, for that, put verse 7 up there of chapter 4 in 2 Corinthians for just a moment, amen. He says, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels. Another, another version says this, but we have this treasure in jars of clay. To show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. Hello. For we are hard-pressed 
on every side but not crushed, perplexed but not in despair, persecuted but not abandoned, struck down but not destroyed. We're always carrying around in our body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in, our, in us, amen. But I want you to look at that first part. Hello, somebody, where, where a treasure is, amen. We have treasured in a jar of clay. We're earth, in our earthen vessel to show that this all-surpassing power is from God himself and not from us. Are y'all with me today? Amen. That's what it's all about today. It's to show, amen, that we can move forward. We can handle stuff. We can go through trials we can deal with situation because it's not us amen but it's by the power of God in our life amen are y'all with me today in the hand of God shapes us now I want to share with you real quick about a cracked pot amen not a cracked pipe but a cracked pop hello I know some of y'all went out there for a second you need to come back you don't live like that no more A pot with a crack in it. Hello. <laughs> so here we are. There's this water bearer, right? A guy in India. And he has these two large pots. And each hung on each, uh, each end of a pole. And he carried them across his neck. And one of the pots had a crack in it, right? Amen. And it was used in order to uh, carry water. He would use it to go and get water, and he'd carry water to his master's house. Amen. And he would carry it on, on his shoulders, amen, on this stick, on this pole. Amen. And so one of the pots had a crack while the other pot was perfect. Amen. And always delivered a full portion of water at the end of the long walk from the stream, amen, to the master's house. And the crack pot arrived only half full. And for a full two years, this went on daily with the, with the, the, with the uh, water bearer delivering only one and a half pots of water to his master's house. And so here we are just, amen, the perfect pot, right? It was proud of its accomplishments, amen? Perfect to the end for which it was made, amen? But the poor cracked pot was ashamed of its own imperfection, and it was miserable that it was, able, that it was not able to accomplish, or it was only able to accomplish half, amen, of what it was designed to do or what it set out to do. And so after two years of what it perceived to be a bitter failure, it spoke to the water bearer one day by the stream, and it said, I'm ashamed of myself, and I want to apologize to you. And the water bearer said, why? Amen. He said, what are you ashamed of? And he says, I've only been able, amen, for these past two years to deliver half my load because this crack is in my side causing water to leak out all the way to back to the master's house. And because of my flaws, you have to do all this work and you don't get full value for your efforts, amen. And the water barrel felt sorry for the old cracked pot. And in his compassion, this is what he said. He says, as we return to the master's house, I want you to notice the beautiful flowers along the path. He said, indeed, as they went up the hill, the old crackpot took notice of the sun warming the beautiful wildflowers on the side of the path. And this cheered, cheered him up some. But at the end of the trail, he still felt bad because he had leaked out half his load, right? 
And so again, he apologized to the, to the water bearer for its failure. And the bearer said to the pot, did you notice that there were flowers on the side of your path, but not on the other pot's side? And that's because I have always known about your flaw and I took advantage of it. Hello, somebody. And I planted flower seeds on your side of the path. And every day while we walk back from the stream, you watered these flowers on the side. And for two years, I've been able to pick these flowers and decorate my master's table. And without you being just the way you are, he would not have this beautiful grace of, of flowers in his house. And I want you to look at that for a moment because each of us has our own unique flaws, amen. And we're all cracked pots, amen. But if we'll allow it, the Lord will use our flaws, amen, in order to grace his father's house. He'll use your flaws and in order to be a blessing somewhere. He'll use your flaws in order to develop something in somebody else. Are y'all with me today? See, y'all never know what God is doing. And it's God's great economy. In God's great economy, look at me, nothing gets wasted. <laughs> Hello? Nothing gets wasted. He thought he was being wasted. He said, man, I'm only producing. You're doing all this work. Nothing gets wasted. And so as we seek ways to minister together, and as God calls you to a task that he's appointed for you, don't be afraid of your flaws. Sometimes you've got to acknowledge them, right? And you've got to allow God to take advantage of them. And you too can be the cause of beauty in his path. So we need to go boldly, knowing that in our weakness, we find his strength. And that in him, every one of God's promises is a yes. I want you to realize that today. He says, but we have this treasure in earthly vessels that the surpassing greatness of the power will be of God and not of ourselves. Amen. We have this broken pot Amen, that's going to begin to show, amen, God's greatness and God's power, amen, not of us, but of God that's going to be produced out of our lives. Are y'all with me today? Some of y'all are a broken pot that's watering the flowers, amen, that are beginning to, ooh, come on, somebody, that are going to be brought to the master's table. Are y'all with me today? Amen. Somebody say, God's using me. Somebody say, my good. My good and my bad. <laughs> Hello. He's producing something in your life. He's not going to waste it. It's not going to waste. Are y'all with me today? God is good, amen. God is good. The hand of God shapes us. Let's look at that next verse right there in verse 8. Now, I want you to think for just a moment, because have you ever noticed the way people, when speaking, they often qualify their statement by using the word but? 
Amen. She's a good administrator, but he has a good ball handling skills, but she's a talented singer, but right? All these different things. And so using this type of qualifier, what does it do? It changes the whole picture. Amen? It changes the picture. Instead of it just being she's a good administrator, she's a good administrator, but changes it a little bit, right? The picture. Now, I want you to look at that because this is what, this is what the Bible says right here. He says, we are afflicted in every way, but not crushed. Come on, that changes, the, that, that, that changes, amen, the whole picture, don't it? We're afflicted in every way. He says, many are the afflictions of the righteous, amen, but God will deliver them from them all. We're afflicted in every way, but, 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 but we're not crushed. Come on, somebody. Amen. We're afflicted, but we're not crushed. We're perplexed, but not despairing. Come on now. It changes it, doesn't it? Yeah, amen. You may be perplexed. I was preaching about being perplexed. Amen. Amen. But we're, but not despairing. Come on now. Go to the next verse. Amen. We're persecuted. Hello. Some of y'all ever feel a little bit persecuted? Amen. Praise God. Welcome to the club. Amen. He said we're persecuted, but guess what? We're not forsaken. <laughs> we're struck down, but we're not destroyed. Somebody say God is good. <laughs> God is so good. Or how about I was lost, but now I am found. I was blind, but now I see. See, God has a way of changing everything. Are y'all with me today? And perhaps some of y'all got a similar testimony today. Amen. I once was down and depressed, but Jesus raised me up. I once had no reason to live, but Jesus gave me a purpose. I once was sick, but Jesus healed me. I once was ridden with, with oh my God, but Jesus gave me peace. Oh, come on now. I once was dealing with strongholds, but Jesus set me free. Hello, I once was living in sin, but Jesus forgave me. And I once was headed for hell, to a devil's hell, but Jesus saved me. Come on now. Go to verse 16 real quick. It goes on to say here, therefore, we do not lose heart. Somebody say, don't lose heart. Look at your neighbor and say, don't lose heart. He says, but though our outer man is decaying, yet our inner man is being renewed day by day. Anybody feel like they're getting a little older in here? Amen. 
If you, you know, you're not Superman anymore if you're out of your 20s. You're starting to feel what I'm talking about. If you're still in your 20s and younger, you don't know what I'm talking about. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. I'm a young man and I still feel it. Hello. <laughs> Therefore, <laughs> don't lose heart. I've seen the devil beat a lot of people up. Man, I'm getting older, this and that. Yeah, you're getting older, man. Yeah, your outer man's decaying. But I'm here to tell you, your inner man's being renewed day by day. Amen. You're becoming more like Christ. You're becoming made into God's masterpiece, into a vessel, into a tool that can be used for the honor of God. Oh, my gosh. Hello, somebody. You say, well, Pastor, I don't even know. I can't move around like I used to. Well, thank you, Jesus. Amen. Can you still talk? Thank you, Jesus. Well, can you still share the word? Can you still, amen, receive? Hello. Come on now. Maybe God's trying to slow you down a little bit. Because you're running everywhere. (laughs) God is good, amen. Go to the next verse real quick. I know y'all are ready to go. He says, for momentary, momentary, this is temporary. For the moment. Life's like a. You know, a vapor, it's here one day and gone the next. For momentary, light affliction, hello, is producing for us an eternal weight of glory. Look at this. Far beyond all comparison. Somebody needs to believe that today, amen. Far beyond all comparison. For a moment, you got some light affliction going on. Amen. You got some perplexity going on. Amen. You're feeling, amen. Oh, come on now. You're feeling these various things. Amen. But it's producing for us an eternal weight. This is what Paul was looking at. He lived in the light of eternity, amen. And when you and I can begin to see the big picture, amen, and life is the light of eternity, then we'll know how to handle momentary troubles of today. But you've got to look at it in a perspective of eternity. We get so caught up in today, don't we? We get so caught up in what we're going through right now. We've got to be like Paul and look and be looking in the, in, in the light of eternity. And I want to share with you real quick. Uh, amen. God is good. Amen. In the light of eternity. But the hand of God, it renews us. Amen. It may remind us that our physical bodies are wasting away. Amen. We're getting a little older. But at the same time, our physical bodies are getting older. Our spiritual lives are being renewed every day. And if we could only see things in the eternal, then we would begin to see things from God's perspective. God's looking at it eternally. He's concerned with eternity. Are y'all with me today? This is temporary. This is... Just for the moment, man. Yeah, and then, yeah, it hurts. Amen. It's painful. You know, there's affliction. Amen. Hello. What about eternity? What about eternity? Amen. The worship team can come, go ahead and get ready to come forward. I want to share with you a quick story. Amen. 
There was this boy in Florida. Amen. It was a hot summer day. And he's ready to jump off into this pond or this lake or whatever. He wanted to go swimming. And he, amen. And he's in a hurry to dive into that cool water. I don't know if you've ever been to Florida. It gets a little warm, right? It gets a little, you know, humidity's pretty bad. Amen. But here he goes, he's in this hurry to dive into this water, and he ran out the back door, and he's leaving behind his shoes and his socks and his shirt as well, amen, and he, he flies into the water, right, and he, not realizing that he had, uh, uh, that he had sw swam out into the middle of this lake, and all of a sudden there's this alligator that was swimming towards the shore, amen, and here, here this boy is, he's in the middle of the lake, and there's this alligator that's starting to swim towards him. Amen. And his mother in the house was looking out the window and saw the two as they got closer and closer together. Amen. She, here she is. She's in fear and she ran towards the water and she's yelling at her son and as loudly as she could. And amen. Hearing her voice, the little boy began to be alarmed and he, made, he began to turn around, make a U-turn and begin to swim to his mother. Amen. At the shore. But it was too late. And amen. Here he is. He's swimming back to the shore. And just as he reaches his mother, the alligator reached him. Are y'all with me? And so here from the dock, the mother grabbed the little boy by the arms. Just like a mother would do, right? She grabbed the boy from the arms and the alligator had snatched his legs and amen. That began this tug of war that began between the two, amen. Between the alligator, amen, or the enemy, amen. Hello, somebody. And began that by that mother, amen. And, and she's not, and, you know, and that alligator's, uh, you know, much stronger than the mother. But how many of y'all know the mother has much too much passion to let go, amen. She's not going to let go of her child, amen. And then all of a sudden, here comes this farmer, and this farmer pulls up, amen. And he sees what's going on, and he, uh, you know, like every good farmer, he had a, a gun in his truck, amen. Amen. And he gets that gun out and he goes over there and he begins to shoot that alligator. Amen. And the mother begins to pull the boy back up. Amen. And then he, he begins to go and get, of course, get medical attention and so forth. And he begins to, you know, get healed from these wounds. Amen. That he had. His legs were extremely scarred from this vicious attack of the animal. Amen. Amen. He had these, his legs were kind of tore up, but he was still okay. And, but on his arms... On his arms were these deep scratches where his mother's fingernails had dug into his flesh in effort to hang on to the son that she loved. And this newspaper reporter had interviewed this boy after this trauma and he asked if he would show him the, his scars and the boy lifted his pant leg. And, amen. But then with obvious pride, he said to the reporter, but look at my arms. He says, I have great scars on my arms too. And I have them because my mother wouldn't let go. And you and I can identify with this little boy because we have scars too. Not, not just from the alligator. Not just from the enemy. Amen. Not just amen. Are y'all with me today? But the scars of painful past spiritual battles. And some of those scars are unsightly and have caused us deep regret. But some wounds, my friend, amen, are because God had refused to let go of you. And in the midst of your struggle, 
He had been there holding on to you. Amen. He was holding on to you. He wasn't going to let the devil have you. He wasn't going to let the enemy have you. He wasn't going to let the... He wasn't going to do it. Amen. He was holding on to you with everything he had because he has a passion for you because he loves you because he desires a relationship with you more than anything. And he's not going to let the enemy just have his way in your life without putting up a fight. God is good, amen? Amen. And the scripture teaches that God loves you. And if you have Christ in you, in your life, then you become a child of God. And he wants to protect you and provide for you in every way. And sometimes we wade in dangerous situations, amen? The swimming hole of life is filled with danger, with parallel. And we forget that the enemy is waiting to attack. And that's when the tug of war begins. And if you have scars of his love on your arms, be very grateful. Be proud of them. God loves you with a love. He, he, it's like that song, amen. There ain't no, no wall he won't kick down. There ain't no lie he won't tear down, amen, coming after you. There ain't nothing stopping God from coming after you because he loves you so much. You're a child of his, and he's going to do whatever it takes. Whatever it takes, amen. Whatever it takes. And some of us have scars, amen. We have scars from that. Hello. But you need to be proud of it and grateful. And he did it. Amen. And he won't let you go. Stand to your feet, amen. When the Lord touches you, he won't let you go. When the Lord has his hands on you, he won't let you go. He's producing you into something great, into something beautiful, into something that is useful to the master. He's creating a masterpiece in your life. A masterpiece to where he can shine light where darkness once was. He can shine light out of you. He can show the glory of God through your life. Amen. And you can't say it's you at all. It's just God. It's just God. You can't take the credit. You can't take the glory. Amen. It's just God taking it. And that's good. Amen. And you've always been and always will be God's masterpiece. He created you in your mother's womb. He knitted you and wove you together. And he's developing you into a masterpiece. And he's going to finish what he started. He's going to finish what he started. So, whether your life's on the anvil right now or what, it's okay. God's going to produce something great. If that's you, I want you to come to this altar this morning. Let God minister to you this morning. Amen. If you need prayer, I'll be down here for prayer. But let's worship the King.